Welcome to Peppershock Media's Marketing Expedition Podcast, keeping you up to date with the latest in marketing and advertising. Now, here's your host, Ray Allen. Welcome, welcome. I'm Ray Allen, President and CEO of Peppershock Media, as well as Integrative Marketing Director. And today, I'm excited we have Pete Butler with Valtrend here today. And I want to know all about what is Valtrend, how did you get started? Tell me everything that there is to know about Valtrend. Okay, yeah. Thanks very much, Ray. Appreciate the opportunity to be here. Uh, Valtrend is a business appraisal firm, so I'm a business appraiser, so I value privately held companies. So. Unlike, um, say, Microsoft on the publicly traded exchanges, um, business owners oftentimes don't uh, have much of a clue on what uh, the value of their business is, and business appraisers uh, provide that clue and information. So. so what made you decide that this would be a good idea for you to start this business? Uh, I started Valtrend in uh, basically the heart of the economic recession. Uh -huh. and it was kind of forced upon me on some uh -huh. level. So started back in uh, March of 2010 and kind of thought to myself, uh, if not now, when? Mm -hmm. And uh, so I've been at it almost nine years now. So. so what did you do before your business started? Well, I was uh, working for a uh, another firm here in town, a CPA firm, doing pretty much the same work that mm. I'm doing now. Branched out on your own Branched and have been going strong since. Yes, yes, can't complain too much anyway, yeah. So tell me about some examples of things that uh, you've been able to value and in what situations or circumstances you need to be able to value businesses. It comes up often. Um, uh, there's generally some trigger events that a business owner might face in his or her career that uh, requires a business valuation. Whether or not the business owner chooses to go about it themselves or hire, uh, you know, a professional opinion is up to the business owner, of, a cor of course. But those can be estate and gift tax planning purposes. Um, you know, just to have knowledge of what uh, arguably the largest asset in uh, your portfolio may be, right? right? The right. privately held business. business, estate and gift tax compliance work. Um, unfortunately. Uh, you know, a business owner may pass away oh, sure. and the IRS is interested in uh, what the value of that business may be. Mm -hmm. Or if, uh, you know, that business owner is interested in gifting mm -hmm. uh, a fractional interest to their okay. son or daughter, for example, the IRS again is al also interested in the value of that gift. Um, more proactive valuations might be uh, for a merger and acquisition, uh. partner buy-in, buy-out, you know, is mm -hmm. it a fair price or not. Um, <clears throat> financing, lending, mm -hmm. so work with uh, banking institutions from time to time. Um, stock options, so Probably. sometimes um, high-tech firms who don't have the wherewithal, the cash to pay their employees might issue equity in the form of stock options and that yeah. needs to be valued from time to time. Employee stock ownership right. plans, ah. which is a mm -hmm. ESOP, right? An ESOP, yeah. which mm -hmm. is a nice way to uh, provide ownership to mm -hmm. the uh, workforce, and it can be a, a great exit uh, strategy for the the proper business and the right business owner. Mm -hmm. I've heard both benefits and drawbacks to that the, idea. The, yes, it's expensive, yeah. uh, and it requires annual uh, work and a lot of legal work and accounting work and valuation work. Yeah. Uh, so uh, it can keep uh, keep people busy for sure. Uh -huh. um, 
litigation support, so from time to time I'm an expert witness and defend and support uh, the opinion of value, uh, you know, in front mm -hmm. of um, opposing attorneys. Uh, is this know, is this kind of like a divorce situation where uh, you Divorce have to... is one uh, area of litigation support in addition to maybe calculation of lost profits. Oh, gotcha. um, you know, somebody potentially reneged on a contract or something like that and there's oh. alleged damages and that has to be quantified. Divorce, uh, certainly uh, it's unfortunate, but uh, you know, oftentimes mm -hmm. there's businesses involved right. and uh, they need to be uh, divided as part of a community property state here right. in Idaho, for example, and you know, what? What's gonna happen with the Amazon split? I heard that it's gonna make her like the most, you know, wealthiest woman in the world because of the split that's happening? Uh, I, <laughs> oh my goodness. Well, yeah, I just saw that too. Jeff Bezos is unfortunately going through divorce and it, arguably he is the richest person in the world. Right? So I would so. think that uh, his wife should, at least financially speaking, come out of that uh, <laughs> yeah. arrangement fairly fairly good. I, I, I would I, think I, so, <laughs> I would think so, my yeah, goodness, yeah. yeah. Huh, so. well, that's unfortunate that that's happening. But So when you are looking at valuing a company, what are some of the things that you look at? What, what kind of information do you need? What, do you, what helps you understand what the value is of the company? Yeah, good question. Um, we always ask for financial statements. Obviously, right. oftentimes mm -hmm. that starts with tax returns, historical mm -hmm. tax returns, and potentially, if the company is large enough, they may have audited financial statements or reviewed financial statements. So okay. one of those three is a generally a very good starting point. Uh, and they're only as good as um, they allow you to kind of look into the future because right. the future is what valuation is all about. We yeah. don't necessarily care about what the company did last year, only mm -hmm. to the extent that it might help us kind of project what it might do this year and, and beyond. Gotcha. So. So when uh, preparing to, you know, get yourself into a place where if you are going to be acquired or you're going to merge with somebody or, you know, it is divorce, like what are some steps that companies should take in order to help increase the value of their company? Uh, a couple things obviously come to mind right off the top of my head. And uh, when I have the opportunity to speak to business owners, um, you know, I encourage them or ask them at a minimum, you know, have you made yourself obsolete? Mm -hmm. um, like for mm -hmm. example, how important right. are you to pepper shock? Right. Uh, you know, you don't have to answer that <laughs> sure. right here, yeah. but uh, ironically, the less important you are to pepper shock, the more value you have created for the company upon your exit because the huh. individual buyer won't be, uh, you know, as worried that uh, the clients will walk when, when Ray walks oh, out I the see. door. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. So, um, you know, that can be mitigated to a certain degree with uh, obviously on the way out, you would probably sign a non-compete agreement, uh, um, yeah. you know, yeah. uh, probably provide introductions to the, the buyer to your clientele, you know, this is my uh, right. my buyer and mm -hmm. things of that nature. Um, so obviously, the, it starts with the owner. Obviously, mm -hmm. have a good understanding of what he or she may um, you know contribute to the business, and how important are the relationships? Where is where does the goodwill stand? Mm -hmm. Is it with the individual business owner personally, or is it more with uh, the company itself? Uh -huh. um, the brand itself, Pepper the, Shock, not necessarily Ray Allen, but the brand itself and how it could stand alone. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Okay. Other things to look for in mm -hmm. any business valuation that arguably might uh, provide more value would be recurring mm -hmm. 
-hmm. revenue, uh -huh. such as is your clientele coming back mm -hmm. uh, on a periodic or even a regular basis. Right. Uh, you know, if, if the proposed buyer can look into the future and have more confidence about the future, uh -huh. then uh, all things being equal, generally speaking, the value of that company is probably higher than it would be otherwise. Uh, so retainer, sub sub subscription-based or residual income, those types of things that would help with the yes. value? Yes, very much so. Good. And so from a marketing perspective, what kinds of things do you see maybe in, in the relationship to where potential buyers are looking for companies to purchase? Uh, and how can companies say, okay, you know what, we're ready, we're going to prepare ourselves to sell. What kind of things do you see that companies do in order to get themselves into that position where buyers might be attracted to the ones that are trying to sell? Um, well, from a marketing perspective, um, you know, that hopefully that decision and all of uh, that encompasses was made maybe mm -hmm. three to five years prior to like, to build up to that to, point to raise your hand and okay, I'm on the market now. Uh -huh. uh, it's not a decision to be uh, taken lightly, and chances are if you've uh, prepared for mm -hmm. that ultimate mm -hmm. exit, the, the better off, uh, you know, obviously you will be because there's mm -hmm. obviously a variety of uh, checklists that uh, any business owner should uh, probably check the boxes to right. raise their hand and say, now I'm ready to put myself on the market to hmm. get hopefully top dollar. Uh -huh. So some of those check boxes are, you know, do you have a standing standard operating procedure in place or what kind of things yeah, could you prepare uh, within that three be, to five years? You know, if we've institutionalized workflow and work process, again, it all mm -hmm. gets back to how important is that business owner, right? right? If, right. if everything, all the processes are just inside the business's owner, business <laughs> owner's head, uh, you yeah. know, that's not necessarily that's not good, great, huh? right? So <laughs> sure. certainly uh, the standard operating procedures and employee manuals are are important and uh, transferring mm -hmm. customer relationships and, and things of that nature to uh, the second in command. Mm -hmm. um, you know, first of all, the second in command might be the proposed buyer mm -hmm. or it might be an independent third party, but either way, um, you know, that would be uh, important to, uh, to transfer again mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. for visibility into the future. And, um, you know, what's the employee morale look like? Is there high turnover, low turnover? Have you locked up right. uh, your employees with, say, non-compete agreements, uh, right? Sure. <laughs> Train uh -huh. up all uh -huh. your employees, and mm -hmm. um, are you training your comp future competitors? Or, or are you, you train, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, exactly. Mm -hmm. So um, mm -hmm. the, the easier you can make it for the buyer uh, in their due diligence and, and check those boxes mm -hmm. uh, and to mitigate risks, right. eliminate risks uh, of the future the generally speaking the higher the value of okay. the company when businesses have uh, in the situation do you see that it matters if they own their own building or like their own commercial real estate space or is that where you've seen you know the business owners might contain or retain the rights to the the ownership of the building but then you know the business can be sold or how have you seen that before uh, a little bit of both. Uh, sometimes the business owner will ride off into the sunset uh, and sell both the real mm -hmm. estate mm -hmm. and the business. Mm -hmm. Oftentimes, however, they maybe they just sell the business and right. get out of the day-to-day -day of running mm -hmm. the operation and then keep the uh, the building, which right. obviously is a you know a yeah. nice uh, stable mm -hmm. uh, revenue stream for them in, in mm -hmm. retirement. Oftentimes. Mm -hmm. right. um, 
it, it potentially could mitigate one of those risks if the, mm -hmm. the buyer was able to buy the, uh, the building. Obviously, you've now eliminated that risk of mm -hmm. uh, potential lease increases uh, right. down the road or just maybe mm -hmm. getting eliminated from the mm -hmm. building altogether by the, right. uh, uh, you know, the, probably mm -hmm. not the, the landlord who is keeping the business who just sold you right. or keeping the building who just sold you the business, but, you know, they may sell the business to somebody else other than you and who mm -hmm. knows, maybe the mm -hmm. new landlord doesn't like you for whatever reason. <laughs> right. So I mean yeah. it's a risk that you mm -hmm. know mm -hmm. but I don't I don't view it necessarily as a as a huge risk. Oftentimes when I value a company that has both uh, the real estate and the business will separate the two. Mm -hmm to understand just the pure operations of the business, which is what I do as a business evaluator. Uh -huh. There's also real estate appraisers out there. So sometimes uh, I work closely I uh, with real estate appraisers to come up with a, a total value, which total would be real estate for, uh -huh. plus business. Oh, that makes sense, so. for sure. So when you start working with a, a company or you think you're gonna maybe engage with them, Walk me through the process. What what do they need to do? What do you do? How do you work with them? What kind of questions do you ask them to get them into that mindset of what needs to come out of the valuation? Um, well, there's two things that come out of the valuation. One of them is congratulations, Mr. and Mrs. Business Owner, the value of your company is a million dollars or whatever. <laughs> right. The other one that's a little bit more hidden is potentially uh, as we go through the valuation and um, uncover those risks and maybe why I put a 3.5 multiple on the earnings as opposed to a four multiple, you know, maybe they have not mitigated certain risks, kind of like uh, what we've okay. just been talking about. Mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. maybe in, in a year or two, they, instead of a million dollars, it could be worth $1.5 million, okay. just throwing a number uh -huh. out there. Um, so, I mean, those are the two uh, benefits that come from any any valuation, whether it's a proactive valuation or a compliance valuation, is uh, uh, from a financial perspective, not just the number, but how to improve the number. Right. Um, you know, and, and how do you improve the number? Well, you know, I may have uncovered uh, customer concentration risks. Like, for example, there's one customer, which happens sometimes in small business, um, right. might represent, pick a figure, 30, 35% yeah. or more of, right. a, of a particular revenue stream. Um, what happens to the company if that, you know, customer goes away? That's a right. risk, you know. Mm -hmm. How tight are those relationships? Mm -hmm. Who has the relationships? Is there a contract in place with, those, uh, with that particular client? Is there a supplier concentration risk? You know, things of that nature. Uh, one supplier uh, instead of multi yeah, multiples. Yeah, yeah. potentially. Uh, and if it is just one supplier, how have you mitigated that risk, you know, with mm. contracts and things of that nature? Um, mm. So there's uh, a lot of uh, behind the scenes due diligence that, uh, mm -hmm. you know, any buyer, I, tr I try mm -hmm. to put my myself in the place of a buyer, you know, right. what, what would they want to know and mm -hmm. here's a reasonable value of what, uh, you know, the, uh, the particular business is mm -hmm. worth. Mm -hmm. so. so you talked about privately owned businesses. At what point does it make sense for a privately owned business to go public? And why would they? Why would they want to have an IPO? Um, that's a very good question. Um, um, you know, many uh, companies today go public through 
different ways per se with that mm -hmm. uh, Small Business Jobs Act and things like that. I don't necessarily mm -hmm. uh, recommend that route, but um, mm. you have to be fairly substantial business to even remotely, in my opinion, think about going public. Right. Reasons to go public is to provide liquidity, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. um, again, you're public now and after uh, certain restrictions are up after going public, you know, you, the business owner, and or uh, your employees now, who arguably probably have a chunk of that uh, public offering uh, or future public offering, mm -hmm. um, have liquidity in three days, right? Uh, uh, you know, for example, if you tried to sell Pepper Shock today, mm -hmm. chances are you're not going to have uh, right. cash in your pocket in three days like you would if Pepper Shock, for example, was public. Right. Sure. In three days, uh, trade online, you'd have the cash in your pocket. So yeah. that's certainly uh, one big benefit in addition to access to capital, mm -hmm. uh, right? If you're a publicly traded company, you have access to arguably maybe cheaper capital and things of that mm -hmm. nature, which is all all good. Um, so. Personal guarantees kind of have to... You may not have to do that as as much anymore in that circumstance, uh, probably right? Probably not. Yeah, yeah if yeah. you're a publicly traded company, mm -hmm. you're arguably much larger now where uh, banking mm -hmm. institutions uh, might not require personal guarantees uh, for sure. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, it's a great route and obviously a great way to create wealth mm -hmm. and, and mm -hmm. spread that wealth. Right. Um, mm -hmm. Not unlike maybe an ESOP, actually, uh, on a much smaller scale. Uh, so. Let's talk about mergers and acquisitions. How have you seen when companies come together, what's worked and what hasn't, and why? Yeah, um, oftentimes, uh, there's two reasons maybe why they don't work uh, off the top of my head. Number one is a culture clash. Right. Right, mm -hmm. and now we have two employee bases uh, merging, mm -hmm. and um, you know uh, maybe the target firm uh, wasn't used to how the acquirer firm is uh, bringing in their thought processes and uh, you know just mm -hmm. protocol. Right. Uh, the other way uh, which is maybe much more up my alley than yeah. uh, observing culture shock would be right. uh, well maybe they just overpaid for the company right. Uh -huh. Oftentimes companies uh, arguably may uh, overestimate the alleged synergies of our, yeah. e either revenue enhancement synergies or cost reduction synergies and therefore may overpay for that target. Uh, um, so that's right. always an issue to, to kind of consider. Right. So. Huh. I hadn't thought about that, overpaying for something or yeah. if they overstate yeah. what they, it, uh, you know, they might think very highly of themselves or something. It huh? happens and examples are flooded in the publicly traded stock world where ultimately over time uh, those companies may have to write down uh, a substantial chunk of goodwill in the billions mm. of dollars wow. for failed mergers, unfortunately. I see. I see. So when it comes to thinking about the exit strategies, I mean, you mentioned ESOP, you mentioned, you know, so selling it to your employees, selling it to a new company. Is there any other options that, that could happen? Like what are the options for, for exiting a company? Um, you know, for the small privately held business, you've generally hit the major ones, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Sell to a third party. Mm -hmm. Arguably, you might receive the uh, most return there, mm -hmm. um, especially mm -hmm. if it's a uh, synergistic mm -hmm. acquirer, mm -hmm. somebody in the same space. So that's always attractive. Okay. Other forms of uh, you know exit, as you mentioned, would be selling to employees, and that's a, a nice way to go uh, if the business owner, you know, isn't necessarily he or she may be 
have enough per se and is not looking to get absolute top dollar because oftentimes maybe the employees aren't able to pay as much as a third party mm -hmm. acquirer, particularly a synergistic acquirer. Gotcha. Um, um, and then you mentioned, uh, you know, the employee stock ownership plan, which is similar to, to mm -hmm. selling it to employees. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. um, th those are generally the, the major routes right. that right. most business owners would, would kind of typically consider. I see. So, so what, is, what is it that makes the company the most valuable? Is it the receivables that come in the door? Is it... Uh, you know, the employees that you have, like what are the things that help kind of stack that value up? Yeah, a little bit of everything. Um, and it varies by industry per se. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I know in the high tech space, sometimes in these acquisitions, people are just looking for employees uh, <laughs> true, right. and don't necessarily mm -hmm. care about the company per se, but if right. they know they have Skilled a good labor, engineering right? yeah. base, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. qualified, well-trained, mm -hmm. uh, you know, they can pay top, top dollar for just the employee base. But, mm -hmm. you know, generally speaking, I mean, you mentioned receivables, you know, to me that's revenue and, mm -hmm. you know, receivables are nice, but they don't necessarily pay the mm -hmm. bills, mm -hmm. right? So from a valuation standpoint, um, a, a, certainly at the small business standpoint, I'm not talking about uh, some of the large publicly traded companies that are coming public or have come public uh -huh. lately, like, you know, Uber and, and things of oh, that nature, sure. which arguably, as far as I know, are not reporting profits, but yeah. are going to be valued in the right. billions. Why is that? Allegedly, yeah. because they foresee, and they have obviously a yeah. huge international, uh, you know, mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. footprint now. Um, that somebody, you know, the investors see that uh, down the road they'll be able to monetize. Right. Amazon, for example, mm -hmm. early mm -hmm. on wasn't making any money, and I'm not sure right. how much. And <laughs> yeah. I would argue that yeah. just looking yeah. at their profits alone mm -hmm. from, a, you know, an isolated standpoint probably doesn't uh, support a $700 billion valuation, but mm -hmm. uh, in the future, it very well might. You know, right. that, that's where it comes yeah. in. So, yeah. it's all about at the, certainly at the small business level, cash flow, mm -hmm. right? Uh, you can have a ton of revenue, but if you're not making any money or any profits, any cash flow, uh, at the end of the day, that's what a buyer is buying. It's uh, it's the right. cash flow. Mm -hmm. He or she is not going to be buying, uh, ironically, your intangible assets and your customer base. They are, of course, but. Uh, they're only right. buying those to the extent that that customer base results in positive cash flow for right. their expectations. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, otherwise, you know, arguably, mm -hmm. there's not a lot of value there. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, I can see, you know, the, the culture and those things are, like you said, they're kind of the intrinsic value that's not, you can't really make it a tangible, you know, understanding of how much that's worth, but that can make or break a company too. I mean, if the culture clashes so much that it's not gonna be a good fit and they're just not being able to work together and they can't get the flow down and, you know, yep. the brand is now, you know, you're having to either rebrand or refresh or uh, merge into a new brand. And I can see where all of that's happening all at once and, you know, you don't, you no longer would have brand equity in the company that's coming in. And so, yeah, I could see how all of those little things can kind of add all up. It's yep. a ton of moving parts in any yeah. uh, merger and acquisition, that's yeah. for sure. That uh, Over time, nobody expects you to get it right on day one, but right. uh, hopefully over time it, it, it does get done well. Yeah, good. So, so can you give me an example of uh, maybe some, some uh, valuations that you did that turned out really well for you? 
that you know you can that you can share? Um, yeah, just recently I uh, I valued a uh, a company that um, was in divorce, unfortunately, and. Um, it was a uh, professional services firm, mm -hmm. so there's a lot of uh, alleged goodwill. Well, there is goodwill. Now the, mm -hmm. the question is, mm -hmm. you know, where does it rest? Does it rest right. with you, the owner? Does it rest with mm -hmm. the company? Mm -hmm. And that can be an area of controversy, particularly in a divorce proceeding. Um, and, um, you know, I provided my opinion. There were a couple other appraisers uh, mm -hmm. in on the uh, valuation because it's right. high stakes right. world and in, right. in, in divorce and mm -hmm. emotional and mm -hmm. um, the uh, the court, the judge ended up taking my opinion uh, of value on that, which, mm -hmm. you know, was good uh, for mm -hmm. the, the wife in this mm -hmm. particular instance, mm -hmm. which was who hired me. Mm -hmm. um, having said that, it, it you know, it wouldn't have mattered who hired me, whether the husband, you know, because right. we're just here, the yeah. appraiser is just right. here to be, walk that fine line down the middle, mm -hmm. independent and objective, and mm -hmm. what's a fair price in this division of assets in, mm -hmm. in, in divorce. So that's most recently that uh, comes to mind. Of course, there's there's some others mm -hmm. in, in my past. Mm -hmm. but you know, Sure, so. no, that's great. Well, and I can uh, attest to the character of you as being, you know, unbiased and all those types of things. And the other thing that you get to do on the side is you get to help select uh, high school students. What happens? You you give recommendations to the to the Naval Academy and. Uh, it's uh, not well. I guess it is a, a recommendation on some level. Like, I, do I highly recommend, recommend, or maybe not recommend? Um, gotcha. um, the not recommend has been very few and far between, actually. But um, it's just one small piece of the pie. Mm -hmm. um, obviously, mm -hmm. they've uh, been uh, developing and uh, creating their resume for you know the last 18, 17, 18 yeah. years. So yeah. you know, we spend about an hour and a half together, and um, okay. you know, so it's it's just one small piece of the yeah. pie that the admissions board at uh, Annapolis will take a look at. Right, right. So. Well, you have to be a pretty smart uh, kid to be able to get into that college, I'm sure. So It appears yeah. to be the case, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. that's yeah. good. So. Yeah, you get to surround yourself with some really smart kids. <laughs> yep, <laughs> that's, that's fantastic. True. Well, Pete, uh, how do people get a hold of you? How can they uh, invest in your services? What can they do to reach you? Um, sure, so Pete Butler, name of my company is Valtrend. Uh, have a website, valtrend.com. Also have a phone number, 208-371-7267. So those are generally the best ways to get a hold of me. Excellent. So. All right, well, I sure have gotten uh, a pleasure out of getting to know you more over the last few years. We belong to Gavent together, which is a executive networking uh, group that we get together once a month and then occasionally in between that and uh, so it's been fun to be a part of that event with you and uh, we also got to do a really uh, fun um, and really emotional moving mm -hmm. thing this last Christmas season. We, we partnered together and uh, helped a family. Uh, it, it was the families that were selected got to watch a movie in one, uh, one theater and then we were all in another theater and we got to watch them on screen and Santa asked them questions of what they wanted for Christmas. 
uh, and then we went to go shopping and we got yeah. we got selected the same family so it was, was fun my family and your family together going yeah. shopping for a family need it was wonderful right that was a lot of fun yeah, yeah. great experience yeah it yeah. was so. what, what do we call it operation Christmas or something like that Christmas right? magic Christmas yeah. magic that's yeah. it yeah, yeah. So. that's what it was I yeah so. it was it was very magical and we got to give some gift cards to groceries and oh my goodness the the little uh, the little boy got a tricycle and a fire truck and then the little girl what was that it was she a unicorn elephant Uni unicorn elephant I think. Oh, yeah like a unicorn elephant yeah. oh my gosh it was yeah, so cute yeah. yeah she was dragging it where she went it was very yeah. very good feeling but uh, anyway so thank you so much for coming my out pleasure. to the pepper shock yeah. studio today and uh, we'll get this out there and and uh, share it with the world and learn let them learn all about you Pete. okay thanks okay. so much Ray. appreciate it you got it Thanks for listening to the Marketing Expedition Podcast. Find more online at Peppershock.com.